With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here. Answering your questions and talking about the things that matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. You can also follow us on Twitter during the show and during the week at Jesus Show. At Jesus Show. There's a... uh common misconception that all anger is bad. This isn't the case at all. As a matter of fact, there is anger that is helpful in some situations and anger that is harmful in some situations. Interestingly enough, in the New Testament, two words are used for anger. One describes a type of passion and energy and, and intensity, but one that has purpose. And the other describes agitation, irritation. Righteous anger, which is something that results from a true injustice. You've heard about me in the, the temple and turning over uh, the marketplace there. Well, that was righteous anger that came from a a good place, was a healthy place, was a godly place, and had a purpose to it. This type of righteous anger is God-given. It's productive. It moves things forward, and it's the type of anger uh, that is a good anger. Because it's rooted in this, this truth, in this righteousness, it is the type of anger that that propels you, that pushes you, that it makes you uh, get up, uh, go solve a problem, right or wrong, do something, something productive that manages to heighten the situation, not take it deeper into the abyss. On the other hand, If you sit stewing in your anger, just unrighteous anger, it produces absolutely nothing. And eventually, 
it becomes a sin. It becomes sinful rage. It doesn't honor God at all. It's only self-serving. Puts you in a position where uh, it's only about you. And in a state like that, that rage is the sin that you're trying to stay away from. It serves no purpose. There is no good to it. And you know the difference and you've felt the difference. There are lines that get crossed sometimes, but you know the difference when there's an injustice that is done, a true, real injustice. You feel that, that righteous indignation rumbling from your feet to the very core of your soul until you, you burst with this passion and desire to right that wrong. That type of anger is absolutely of God. That type of anger is to do something positive. Now, I know some, some of you may uh, use that as an excuse to have rage about something, and you say that it's righteous. Like if you're driving down the road and, and someone uh, cuts you off or does something like that on the, uh, and you get irate, you may think in your head that that's righteous anger. Now, you may be someone who was wronged, but the level of the infraction isn't worthy of you getting uh, riled up or angry. It's just not of that importance. No one was harmed. You're fine. The person is driven off. The term road rage has been one that has come into uh, the popular vocabulary because they, there's so much anger that goes on in the roads, depending on where you live and how the people around you drive, that you can actually get in, so infuriated. Some people will try and follow someone. Um, you've read stories in the news about people being shot down in their car because of road rage. People being followed and challenged to, to fist fights on a freeway because of road rage. So there will be things, uh, maybe you're in line somewhere, you feel you're not being treated properly. There are certain types of things. Someone's not moving fast enough in line, and you may feel, well, this is justified in my head. That's not the type of righteous indignation I'm talking about. The petty things in life where you just want to uh, make them bigger or make yourself the victim. That's not what I'm talking about. There are real situations in life. Where someone uh, misuses you or is trying to harm you or there's ugliness going on against other people it may not even be you, but you know it to be wrong. That is when that righteous indignation should should ripple up from your toes into your soul. Because that is rooted in righteousness that is rooted in the honorable things of God, not the dishonorable things of man. Proverbs 14.29 says, He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. That you can get down a path where you're, you're so quick to anger that you get lost in that and you don't have understanding. You don't look at a situation in your life, the smaller things, and say, uh, well, that might have happened because X, Y, and Z, or this person might have done that because something is going on in their life. 
instead of abroad brushing every situation to the point of anger and rage. Not good for you, not good for the people around you, and not for the good for the God that you say you serve. Do you feel like you're eager in your heart to be angry? Think about that for a moment. Do you feel like you're waiting? Are you lying in wait? Are you a predator of hate and anger waiting for something to trigger you? Or do you look at how life works and fight the battles, the righteous ones, the big ones that have changed nations, people, philosophies? Or does every little petty thing in front of you set you off into a rage? And if you're not that person, you know someone like that in your life. You know someone that just snaps at everything. The world's always out to get them. The world is, always has it out for them, and they can do no right. So they are constantly angry at everyone. Everybody's doing it wrong. Everybody's blaming it on them, and they have this righteous indignation. Don't sit there waiting to be angry. Ecclesiastes 7.9, those words are so perfect. Being eager in your heart, eager to be angry. Who wants to be, who wants to be angry? Do you really desire to get to a place in your life where you're upset about everything? It's not good for anyone. Anger resides in the bosom of the fools. When you sit there and desire something to trigger that, that, that anger to light up at anybody that does you wrong, that's that, that road rage mentality that's not productive. This is not about a noble and righteous fight to preserve truth. That, that is a fight that God condones and desires you to fight. The productive kind of anger attacks problems. The productive kind of anger does not attack people. The sinful kind of anger is wrapped in, in personal pride, and it comes from a place where you think you are more important than the people around you, than anyone else on the planet. It's about you. That is the sinful type of anger. That is an, an anger that is absolutely rooted and based in pride. That is an anger that does not serve God whatsoever, but serves only you. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday, right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your a theology question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, of course, the Bible. 
or if you're going through something and you want to talk about that, I'm happy to talk to you about that as well. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. When you think about anger, it's very easy to think, oh, well, okay, anger is all bad. All anger has to be bad. It's anger, for goodness sake. But that's not the case. Not all anger is bad. There is good anger and there's bad anger. Bad anger, when it becomes a sin, it actually becomes rage. Righteous anger, which is the result of an injustice you seeing, experiencing, it doesn't always have to be with you. If you see an injustice, righteous indignation is the desire to right that wrong. That's of God. But if you stew in your anger, if you don't forgive, if you don't move forward and you stew in that anger over the little things, over petty things in life, that only harms you. It will fester inside you and damage you inside. That's why people ask me about forgiveness all the time. What about forgiveness? What if they aren't worthy of forgiveness, the other person who did the injustice to you? What if they're not worthy of it? What if they didn't even ask to be forgiven? Well, it's not for them. It's for you. I want you to get that poison out of your system, that hate, that anger. Get it out of your system so that it's not becoming toxic inside you. That's why I ask you to forgive. The sinful kind of anger is is absolutely rooted in pride. Your personal, individual pride, thinking that it's only ever about you. And those are, are, are the types of anger that are about the, the things, somebody cutting you off on the freeway, somebody not moving fast enough in line. Those are, you may think in, in your head that those are righteous, and they may be on paper. You may have been wronged in some way, shape, or form. But that's not what God is talking about when God talks about righteous anger. Those are petty things. God wants you to be righteously angry about the big things. Ecclesiastes 11.10 says, So remove grief and anger from your heart, put away pain from your body, because childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. God doesn't want you to waste time in anger to where you miss out on everything. You can be angry and not sin. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and, and yet do not sin. That's where you get that, that phrase, uh, you don't go to bed angry, because it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Finishes on... Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. God doesn't want you to be lost in that. God doesn't want you to play a role in other people's anger. You shouldn't provoke people. Proverbs 15.1 says a gentle anger turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. You don't want to get lost in that. Don't argue for the sake of arguing. Or just to make people think you're right. That becomes all about you. Second Timothy 2, 23 and 24 says, Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Because you know they produce quarrels. So next time you're angry, test yourself. 
and see which kind of anger you're experiencing. Is it about correcting some injustice or is it all about you? It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy hope. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you, and I ask that you be bold and brave should you have a theology question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible, or if you're going through, through something in life, I'd love to talk to you as well. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Edward, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Edward. Uh, I'm feeling very compelled by being drawn to astrology. My, my friends all tell me I'm, I'm sinning against your word and... I would very like, much like to know your opinion sure. on, on what I, I'm doing. Edward, I'm curious, why, why astro- astrology is so tempting to you? Well, my, my girlfriend and my dad's fiancé are both very much into it. I mm-hmm. go to a place. It's the whole aestheticness, the symbolness. I, I don't know what it is, but there's something about the bell book, candle, tarot card. The whole situation compels me, and I don't know what it is drawing me, and I'd like to know your opinion. Well, the, uh, the Bible uh, takes issue with astrology in a big way, and I'll get to those scriptures in a moment, but there are proper usage of the stars. I mean, Scripture talks about uh, the placement of the stars being arranged by God, that, uh, that there's specificity uh, to the stars, that they're where they are for a reason, and they're used for many things. They can be used to track location, they can be used to track time or seasons, like a calendar. But when you get into the arena of uh, astrology where, where you can look upon the stars and they somehow can tell you things about the future is where Scripture has problems. Yeah. Now, uh, I, and I want you to hear how strong the, the words are here when it comes to astrology. And this is in Isaiah, Isaiah 47, we'll start in verse 13. You are wearied with your many counsels. Let now the astrologers, those who prophesy by the stars, those who predict by the new moons, stand up and save you from what will come upon you. Behold, they have become like stubble. Fire burns them. They cannot deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There will be no coal to warm by, nor a fire to sit before. It's speaking about the uh, uselessness of the supposed astrology and how the astrologers never in Scripture are a good thing. And what, what happens is people get caught up in wanting to know the future, Edward, and this causes many problems, one of which you stop trusting in God. And you stop. You start worshiping the creation, the stars. You start concerning yourself with what creation is telling you, rather than the Creator. You start. You lose focus in the other things of God and start to focus on what the future may bring, rather than being in the present um, and understanding what God has for you now. These things are incredibly attractive, like you described, Edward. There is yes, something sir. about it that gets your attention, right? Yes. But it's not real. It's it's 
it's like candy. You couldn't get nutrients from it. You look at it, and it has so many vibrant colors and flavors, but no nutrients. And astrology, in this case, are one of those things that um, people take very personal, and they start to get upset when I say things like this and go, no, that, 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 why would God uh, you know, put these things in the, in the sky? A lot of the astrology, the zodiac, um, although you can trace it back for, uh, you know, a millennium, uh, you have to understand that people used this as a way to not be accountable to God most of the time, to try and find the future, to understand things separate from God, not in conjunction with. Now, a lot of these New Age movements and things like that will try and tell you that it it corresponds with Scripture and it ties into God, and that's just not true. And it can be very dangerous. It can motivate and move you from a proper path to an improper path because somebody says the stars told them so. And it can break up uh, good relationships or put together bad relationships. And the interpretation of this becomes about the person interpreting rather than God. And even in Scripture, when it talks about those that prophesy, they, there is a, a standard in which is uh, set up next to that uh, prophet that if they're wrong at all in the things of God, then they're wrong all the time. If you, it, it, you can't be 99% correct. When it comes to the things of God, you have to be 100% correct as a prophet. So these people that try and predict things get it wrong. Now, part of the, the, the substance of astrology or the zodiac or these silly horoscopes and things like this is that people are missing the big picture. That, yes, people that uh, are born into this earth do interact with their environment, and that environment does motivate certain things about them, just as it has motivated, motivated through the centuries uh, color of skin or uh, the way they, they grow, adaptations. Um, it will also affect, seasons might affect uh, personality traits, but that doesn't mean that you can look at a horoscope and be able to guess um, what someone's going to do or or how they act. And if you gave the same, you know, horoscope reading to, you know, five different people from five different aspects of the Zodiac, but told them that it was their Zodiac horoscope, they'd tell you, yeah, this fits me because they're generic. And my my concern is, Edward, that you will get caught up in this and that it will direct you away from God and that your friends and loved ones that are telling you that it's it's a problem and that it could even be dangerous are telling you the truth. Well, thank you very much. I, I very much respect your opinion, and thank you very much for enlightening me on this topic. You're welcome, Edward. I hope that you heed that, that instruction and that you steer away from the things that are going to pull you towards uh, you know, towards the enemy. And I know it sounds dour and, and it sounds like your hand is always slapped, you know, and in Christians, it's always what I can't do or what I have to do or any of these things. But it's not because the Father is a cosmic killjoy. It's not that he wants you to steer away from things that are fun or that you enjoy. It's that there are things that appear to be fun or have the surface of something that is going to be fun for you, but really are a problem. And when you start getting into these things, then you start getting into more. Now you start getting into spirit guides. And 
you know, these are really ways to reject God. They're false idols, and they're removing you from the presence of God. And I can't say that strong enough, and I hope that you receive it in the spirit in which it's intended. Amanda, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Good morning, Jesus. Hi, Amanda. Hello, Jesus. Hello. Um, well, I had um, started going to Bible studies and um, going to this uh, Pentecostal church, and um, they, you know, are encouraging me to get the Holy Spirit, and I mm-hmm. still haven't received the, this, you know, Holy Spirit that they're talking about. And recently I lost my job. And I was talking to the guy that I do uh, Bible studies with, mm-hmm. and he, to me, God was telling me that the reason why I lost my job, you know, is because sometimes God puts us in situations, and, you know, he takes us out of them for a reason, and sometimes it might see, seem like a loss, but it's really because there's a bigger plan, mm-hmm. and I felt that's really what God was telling me, that, you know, he took me out of this place for a reason. Okay. And I kind of shared that with the person I do Bible studies with, because um, it was encouraging to me when I heard it, you know, and it kind of was helping me through this time. And instead of um, kind of listening to me about that, he kind of just said, well, um, you probably lost your job because you were doing something wrong in the eyes of God, and that's why, because God giveth and God taketh away. And if you're not... Um, you know, doing what you're supposed to, that could be another reason. Well, uh, under the fear of sounding not too spiritual, I will say most people lose their jobs because they're doing something wrong in the eye of their employer. Right. That's, and in this situation, that's where it starts. So. And, and there's always something to be learned. And there's different, you know, there's different uh, avenues of Christianity. The essentials are key, obviously. Uh, who who they say that I am, the virgin birth, the Trinity, these things are essentials and, and immutable. You can't change them in any way, shape, or form. However, how people practice their faith is different. And the Pentecostal, our Pentecostal brothers and sisters, uh, worship in a certain way and have certain guidelines to their beliefs too. And some of, the, uh, some of Christianity would disagree with them, and they would disagree with some of Christianity. But having put that aside, I will say this, that when anything happens in your life, it's good to be introspective and to see what part you played in it and what you need to learn from it. Because some people didn't get laid off, correct? Right. So to find out if there was something that separated them from you or if there's something you could have done better um, in the in the non-spiritual everyday sense first, because mm-hmm. God put you here for a reason. Uh, in the physical realm, doing physical things for a reason. Um, so although everything ties back to your spirituality, there is uh, an, uh, an old saying that is helpful sometimes. You're so spiritually uh, minded, you're no earthly good. You have to have balance between those things. Scripture often talks about the balance of of the spiritual and the physical. If you remember, when I would do miracles, uh, I multiplied the fish and the loaves, but I said, pick up the crumbs. I raised a girl from the dead, and I said, get her some something to eat. Now, miraculously, I could have picked up the crumbs, and I could have gotten the, the young girl something to eat. But there was something important about what was taking place in the spiritual realm, the miracle, uh, and the physical, being practical, picking up the crumbs, getting her something to eat, and to show balance between those two things. So when it comes to s- stuff that happens to you in life, Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, you play a part in it, 
as do others, you know, this could be something that your your boss had an issue with. This could be uh, that has nothing to even do with you or what have you. There's a lot of different variables, but what you need to see is are you on the path where you're exercising um, the the abilities that you have that you've been given by God in a way that glorifies God? And that could be raking leaves. It doesn't have to be working in a church or anything like that. Just participating in life in a way that glorifies God. And if that's the case, sometimes people just get fired. Sometimes there's layoffs. Sometimes there's uh, economy problems. Um, But in uh, to shed light on some of the views of uh, those in your Bible study, that sometimes certain things that you bring into your life, whether it's bad relationships or um, alcohol or not living a pure lifestyle or not regimenting your life in a way that's glorifying to God, can impede on other parts of your life, including work. So that that can affect it. But to just come out and say, oh, well, something you did caused this, uh, is not always true because if you remember in Scripture, there were those that said, hey, this this man can't see uh, what was his sin or what was the sin of his parents. And I said, neither. Right. You know, they're, they're, it's, it's not always that cut and dry, not always that easy. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Cameron, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Will my Jewish friends go to heaven if they do not believe in you? How old are you, Cameron? I'm nine years old. Nine years old. Do your parents know that you're calling? Yes. Okay. Good boy. So, um, let's see. Uh, have you had any birthday parties? Yes. And when you have birthday parties, do you send out invitations? Yes. Do sometimes some people not not show up? Yes, sir. Okay. So... Sometimes when you send out invitations, not everybody receives them or wants to come. Now, in the case of a birthday party, somebody just may not have the time. But I want you to remember this. This is the most important part, Cameron. And that is that every single person on earth that's ever existed, that's ever lived, will have the same opportunity to accept that invitation. But not everybody will. And so the best thing to do is to go through life being loving and kind and being an example that you think Jesus would be so that other people can see it and accept that invitation. And that's what I want from you. Okay, Cameron? Okay. Okay, and that's what's most important is to first understand that everybody gets the same chance. Nobody is better or worse than anybody else. Nobody is more loved by God or less loved by God. All are loved equally, but not everyone accepts the invitation just like to a birthday party. And in doing so, and not accepting that invitation, that they choose to not uh, receive certain things of God. And uh, 
as far as the complications, the theological complications that arise, and especially with the specifics of our Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, they're referred to in Scripture as the chosen people, and uh, there are some very uh, complicated theological uh, intertwinings when it comes to our Jewish brothers and sisters specifically. Um, that we won't get into for the sake uh, today. But what I do want you to take away, and I want you to to really think about, is the is the love that is in uh, the invitation. That it goes out to all. That it is for all. And that as Christians, your calling is to not just preach and teach, because sometimes it seems Christians would rather preach than live in a way that teaches uh, by way of example, but you live in a way, Cameron, that glorifies um, other people, or glorifies God, rather, and God's people, so that others around you will look and say, wow, that's something different, that's something interesting, and that's something that I want to know about, so that in hope and in faith uh, that you might see uh, friends and family uh, come to accept that invitation and therefore um, be with all of us one day in heaven. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.